And I know exactly what I'm doing for uh, Relic. For the Relic? Cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to enjoy doing that. Okay, cool. I hope I have enough time to do it before next weekend, but I don't have any office time this week. I'm on desk like all week. Well, so. that's okay. If we don't if we don't record next weekend, it's not the end of the world. So Yeah, well, I, I'll still, like, I can watch the movie and do that. I just don't know if I'll have time to write Kibble stuff. Right, right. No big deal. Uh, so welcome to this Kibbles, the yeah. the second one we're recording in a row. This is uh, the uh, episode forty eight, the host episode. Yeah, this one is a my my thing. Uh, let's just dive right into it. Yeah, dive. so we're gonna it's a water. It's, it's a water fish. Water um, fish, as opposed to sky fish. Sky fish, land fish. There's yeah. fish of all types. I don't discriminate. This fish is on fire. It's a pyrocondrocarp. <laughs> of course it is. Actually, it's not actually on fire, but, well, you'll see. Okay. So this is the pyrocondrocarp. Yes, it's a portmanteau of a portmanteau. Okay. But uh, it's a huge monstros- monstrosity neutral, uh, pretty much the exact same as the uh, hypochondrocarp from my mainstay episode. Right. Although this one does actually have hit points. Hey, that's good. Which is the same as the ones in for the actual episode, yeah. retroactively. 156 hit points is okay. what that is, for the record. Um, speed of 40 feet, swim speed of 60 feet, and a climb speed of 20 feet. Its attributes are all the same, plus 3 to strength, plus 5 to dex, plus 2 to con, and bad all the other stuff. Uh-huh. Skilled and acrobatics, resistant. This one is resistant to cold and fire, so it's a little bit different there. Uh, pass perception 10, doesn't speak any language, the same challenge rating, etc., etc. Okay. No, 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 excuse me. This is one challenge rating higher oh, dear. than 7. That's right. My bad. Because of reasons. Uh, it still has the prehensile tail acrobatics, so it can just, you know, juggle around with its tail. Um, but the new thing is the pyrocerebrokinesis, is what I call this. Goodness. Any, so, as, as, as a refresh, because I know for us it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, ideally, for listeners, it's been a matter of minutes. But just as a refresh, um, the, uh, the hypochondricarp, when it, when it touched people, or when rather when people right. touched it, they... It got a disease that only other people could really perceive that right. made them want to repel. This one's a little bit different in that when any creature touches the pyrochondrocarp or hits it with a melee attack, they must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw or be infected with the disease called pyrochondria. Right. While diseased in this way, the target perceives itself as being on fire. Oh, that sucks. Yep. Don't care for that. At the beginning of each of the target's turns, it has to make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw. Um, creatures resistant to fire damage make this check with advantage. Um, on a failure, the target must spend its turn either attempting to douse the flames in whatever way it can, or running in a random direction. On a success, it can act as normal, though it still perceives itself as on fire. Outside of combat, the target spends most of its time screaming and acting as in pain, uh, as if in pain until the disease is cured. For every hour spent infected with the disease, the target takes 2d10 psychic damage as it, as it is driven to madness. <laughs> Because perceiving yourself being eternally on right, fire... Right, yeah, will, that's not good for you. No, that'll do some things to your brain chemistry. Uh, creatures with immunity to fire are, of course, immunity to disease. Because they don't care. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then it's got amphibious, it's got the multi-attack, uh, the tongue attack, the bite attack, the swallow attack, tail tail slam, all of the the same stuff that the regular one had. It's just that pyrocerebrokinesis okay. that's changed, so... Uh, so this creature, this this one is not actually on fire. It just makes you think you are on fire. Goodness. <laughs> so, and that's my pyrocondricarp. Um, now, I actually want to save the, what I consider the best for last. Okay. So I'm going to jump to the, the third thing I have here, which is a matic item. This is the no loud noise sign. 
It is, an, it is a weapon, an improvised, and it is uncommon. This awkward weapon appears as a standalone sign with a hunk of rock or concrete at the base and a circular head made of steel that sports a red circle and a slash over a musical instrument. It's the exact same. It looks just yeah. like the one he used in the movie. Yeah, yeah. When wielded, the weapon either deals 1d6 slashing damage or 1d8 bludgeoning damage, depending on which side it is used. When a target takes damage from either side of this weapon, it has to make a DC 15, excuse me, it has to make a 13 constitution, it has to make a 13. Matt, you're, skip, you're skipping stuff, buddy. There's words in here that are hard to, to, to get. My brain doesn't work. You're tired, man. It must make a DC 13 constitution uh, saving throw or be silenced for one minute. During this time, it cannot make any sound or use spells that require verbal components. Uh, the target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on a success. So Okay. It, it's, it's, a, it's a weapon that silences uh, people. Exactly. That's awesome. And it's just a big-ass sign. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, that's pretty cool. I like that. Right, cool. Now, my favorite. Okay. My, I did my first background. Oh, yay! And now I get to... I get it. Backgrounds are fun. They're fun to make, aren't Holy they? crap, backgrounds are fun. So this is the background, the layabout hero. Inspired by our main character. Yes. You have spent your life on cruise control, for better or worse. What happens will happen, and you'll just roll with the punches and keep moving forward. Things rarely get to you, which is good, because you have a reputation of being lazy, slovenly, or even dull-witted. <laughs> From the outside, people aren't sure if your easygoing attitude is due to your resolve, or that you're just too dumb or lazy to let things bother you. Your outward appearance and demeanor also reflect this outlook on life. You may have a noticeable outward appearance or behavior that you favor uh, dis despite potential unfavorable opinions of you it may garner. On the same token, though, you are frequently underestimated and even overlooked as a person of interest unless someone is specifically searching for you. This allows you to often hide in plain sight much more often than one would expect <laughs> from you. Uh, so this background grants you the skill proficiencies in deception and insight. All right. Tool proficiency of uh, any gaming choice or any gaming set of your choice, mm -hmm. and you get to have an extra language of your choice. Okay. And for equipment, you start with a set of common clothing, a gaming set, five days worth of rations, a week's supply of uh, snack, food, or confection of your of your choice, <laughs> whether it be crackers, candy, sweet drinks, whatever, and a uh, and an unwieldy pouch or container containing fifty silver pieces. All right. The feature it grants now. The DM's guide suggests that background features shouldn't do deal with rules right. at all. Um, I personally think that that's just an example of D&D 5th edition trying to have its cake and eat it too. Uh -huh. um, and I think that that's one of the things that D&D kind of falls flat the, on. The raw backgrounds are so fucking boring they're, and they never come up. They're boring and they don't come up. Like I was reading in the DM's guide and it, it straight up says that it shouldn't do with the rules, that the feature shouldn't deal with the rules. Mm -hmm. It should give the characters a reason to get out and adventure. Right. But if, if you're DM or if you're, if you created a character well enough, you don't need that as an excuse. Yeah. yeah. And so me, uh, the way I look at it is a background would be way more interesting if it gave you a well, like, feature in game. The a mechanical... background features that the raw stuff has is stuff that should be included with your character just because that's what they are. Yeah. It doesn't need to be something labeled like that. Right. Like if they're a noble, people treat them as a noble. If they're if they're a local hero, people treat them as a local hero. And of course they're going to say like, oh, hey, it's, you know, well, what's his face over there? And give them a place to stay. They don't need... To have that as rules written that 
that it, should give you some sort of advantage to your character. If exactly. you're going to have that, if they're not going to have that, just remove that. Like, right. No, it's the way I look at it. It's basically D and D's way of trying to force character creation and, or like role play into yeah. the character creation rules, which you do not need. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to fuck that. Um, and what I went with is this, uh, this is, this feature is called hide in plain sight. Despite having a very recognizable appearance or behavior, you are easily forgotten or overlooked when in the company of someone who expects you to be where you are. <laughs> Whenever you are in the company of someone who is already aware of your presence for an extended duration, you gain advantage on any sleight of hand or stealth checks made in relation to those individuals until you draw attention to yourself in some way, and you gain advantage on any deception or persuasion check made to undersell yourself or talk your way out of a situation or scrutiny by blaming your own incompetence <laughs> or lack of ability. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Additionally, while in combat, unbiased enemies will consider you the least threatening or capable. That's very useful. <laughs> right? Right? And so it's like... Like, that line there would be worth it alone without the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, like... No matter what, you are not going to be targeted unless, like, you have... Made yourself a target. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or so, there's no one else that the monster can... Right, right. So, like, yeah, if you... The way I look at it, like, yeah, in a uh, in a very heavily story-driven campaign and against, like, a character, uh, an enemy who is pretty significant, uh -huh. probably isn't going to apply. Because right. they're, they're not going to be unbiased. Right. But you stumble into a den of goblins, like, they're right. going to go yeah, after yeah. everybody else, not you, because they think that you're just useless. Yeah. So... Um, unfortunately, this also has the effect of making it difficult for you to hide from those who are looking for you. So if they are aware of you, like right. if they want to find you, you're easier to find. You have disadvantage on all stealth checks made to avoid detection against anybody who knows what you look like and are actively seeking you out. Additionally, they gain advantage on any perception or investigation checks made against you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Yeah, um, the entire time I was writing this, all I can think of was his frosted blonde hair. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> and then we get to the suggested characteristics. Layabout heroes tend to have some standout and memorable qualities that are unique, quirky, and oftentimes frowned upon. <laughs> so, as the personality traits, you roll a d8, and these are the traits you can have. Suggested traits. Right. Um, I have a unique way of speaking that many consider informal or even uneducated. My fashion sense is one or two steps out of date, but I'm either too lazy or too oblivious to do anything about it. Insults and slights against me roll off my back with little impact, which is good because they come frequently. <laughs> I generally stay quiet and keep to myself most of the time, but when I do open my mouth, those around me tend to wish I didn't. My emotions are fairly dulled, but when things do get to me, I usually express them in a manner that is considered immature. <laughs> I have little to no sense of shame. Others' opinions of me cannot possibly harm me. I almost always have a snack or treat in hand. This has earned me a reputation, and people have come to expect me to always have this on hand at any time. <laughs> and finally, people often think I'm unobservant or oblivious. I could use this to great effect if it wasn't such a hassle to do so. <laughs> Um, next we've got our ideals. Uh-huh. So roll a d6 for the ideals. Um, for one, family. Nothing is more important to me than those I love, even if I may not show it all the time. That's a neutral. Uh, faith in others. I believe there is good in everybody, even if they don't treat me the best. <laughs> good. Love. 
there is one person I would do anything for so long as there isn't someone else who can do it for me. <laughs> Neutral. <laughs> Conviction. Once I've set my mind to something, there is little anybody can do to dissuade me. Lawful. Justice. Not much rouses me, but when the chips are down and I'm the only one who can do something, I will act, often surprising others, and even myself. <laughs> Good. And finally, temperance. I don't often show self-control in a way that most people notice, but I know when to reserve my opinions and actions for when it truly matters. Lawful. All right. And we have the bonds. Another D6. The only time I will die on a hill is when it serves to protect my family. Someone or something once hurt a loved one. I will stop at nothing until justice is served. The memory of someone I cared for lives on in another. I will protect them with my life. I can do amazing things in service to the things I believe in. Someone made a great sacrifice for my benefit. I will repay that debt somehow. Or, and finally, I was pushed to my breaking point by someone or something. I will never forgive that. <laughs> Not, right. not quite as entertaining as the others, but... No, but I can, like, picture in my mind each part of the movie those came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's the that's the idea, so I'm glad. And then finally, we've got the flaws. Uh, so, 1d6 on this. Um, when I get bored, I tend to doze off, which is often. <laughs> uh, I'm bad at thinking quickly, and I react to a shade too late quite frequently. I'm bad at math. Like... Really bad. <laughs> I let my impulses dominate me. This has gotten me in trouble in the past and will likely get me in more trouble in the future. I'm lazy and will rarely do something that I think someone else will do for me. And finally, unless I'm pushed to my limit, which is hard to do, I let people push me around and I don't stand up for myself. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. You did, a you did a great job on those. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm... Going into a background, I was always a little intimidated by coming uh -huh. up with all of those, but I found it very easy and very, uh -huh. very fun to do. So. They're a lot of fun to make. Yeah, uh -huh. You can be really creative with <laughs> So, yep, you can now also be the main character from The Host. <laughs> <laughs> if you so desire. If that's the thing you, you really want to do. <laughs> if that is what you want to do. Um, and I guess with that, um, we are done for another week and we will see you in, uh, we'll see you in two weeks for some relics. Yep.